Waiting's not easy. Waiting's not easy. Waiting's not easy. And it's not something we like. And many times what throws it off is not what we were planning, right? Yes, you can stay there for a bit. I was sharing in first service as we were worshiping to that same song, which wasn't on the set list, but just God in, in, in this morning as we were worshiping before the start of service. And I was reminded of when my wife was pregnant with our firstborn, with Abigail. And um, I remember going to all the doctor's appointments. As a matter of fact, I almost quit my job because they called me and they said, we need you to fly to Detroit tomorrow. And I said, I got a doctor's appointment to hear my heart. The heart, I, I, I'm, I'm not missing. And I can't change it. And my boss was like, well, you got to go. You're the only person that can provide this and you, you got you to gotta go. And I said, I will quit. If I can't get the doctor's appointment changed, like I, it, was, it was that serious to me. So I went to every single appointment. I went to every single thing. And I remember... Friday, October 8th, 2010, I was a youth pastor at the time, and my wife and I, we always put God first, everything in our life and the thing, and, and she was a week overdue at that point, and she said, go preach, and I'll call you, and so there was somebody, I think somebody was at the house with you, if my, if my memory serves correct, somebody was at the house with you, because you were already really there close, and I had a good friend of mine, one of our youth leaders at the time, Didi, who was, he, he was the one with the phone waiting to hear. And, and as soon as I finished preaching, preaching, he came up and said, it's time. And, and I gave the microphone. I didn't even finish service. I gave the microphone. I left and we got to the hospital and we're going through all the different stuff. And, and we check in and we're like, all right, call Dr. Fink. And, and they started calling Dr. Fink. They're like, no, no, Dr. Fink's not the person this weekend. He was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, he's on a cruise for his birthday. I was like, but the guy said he would be here, right? Like, he said he would deliver our child. And I looked at her, I was like, can you wait three days? Because it wasn't our plan. Our plan was this same guy that's been working with us this whole entire time. But, but can I tell you that God knew exactly who needed to deliver our daughter? But I wrestled because it wasn't the plan. And we've been waiting for 10 months for this baby to come and year before that for us to be able to get her pregnant and, and all these different things. And it wasn't the plan the way I had planned it, but it was God. And God's going to show up at the right exact time, the moment that you need him in the way that he sees fit. And how many of you can testify that the way that God saw fit was always better than the way you thought it was going to be? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had a plan, something the way I thought it should work, but God's plan was just so much thinking better. And then I have to say, I have to humble myself, right? Some humble pie and say, God, you were right all along. I'm sorry for questioning you. I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry for fighting with you because you knew best. But we're all obsessed with waiting. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. I'm going to show you right now, right? How many of you use Amazon? How many of you 
filter your Amazon church by clicking the little button that says what's available on Prime. And then how many of you go by how soon it can get here, not necessarily the cheapest price? Come on now. Let's be honest. Thanks for being honest, Taj. Thanks. Yeah. Let's be honest with each other. If it can get here tomorrow and it's 58 cents more, I'm paying the 58 cents. I want it now. As a matter of fact, if it's Prime now, I check for Prime now sometimes. Can I get it today? We, we, we look forward to getting the email with the tracking number when we order something. And why do we want the tracking number? Because every day we go on UPS or FedEx and we track the package. As a matter of fact, they know we are so obsessed with waiting that right now they will email you and say, your package is scheduled between one and four. Do you want to track your driver? Have you seen the email? And you click track and you can actually see the little van of the UPS guy or the FedEx guy driving around your neighborhood. We're obsessed with it, but we hate waiting. We're obsessed with it, but we hate it. And I was reading an interesting article written by this psychologist, and they were asking him, well, why is the issue? What's the problem? Why people don't want to wait? And one of the things that he said is the main reason why people hate waiting or don't want to wait is because when you're waiting, you have to acknowledge you're not in control. So I'm not in control of the FedEx guy. As a matter of fact, can I tell you something that happened to me at one point last year? I got an email that said from FedEx, sorry we missed you. And it was a package I had ordered specifically overnight. I had paid the extra like 30 bucks to get it shipped overnight. I needed it right away. Sorry we missed you. So I go to my ring doorbell camera. FedEx never drove by. I go to my video cameras. FedEx never drove by. It's like, what, what, what do you mean? Sorry, you missed me. And I, and I, I started coughing. Uh, 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 we have somebody here at our church who, who works for FedEx. I think he's watching online, hurt his knee, uh, Javi. And, and I, t- I called him. I was like, Javi, I got this message. It says, you know, can you look into this for me or whatever? And, and we start going. He's like, hey, you're going to get a phone call. And, and um, the driver realized he was running late, so he never attempted my delivery. He just put nobody home. Huh, okay. So I get that phone call from the manager. I'm really sorry, sir. Like, you'll have it first thing in the morning. And I did first thing the next morning. And it was a young man. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, Papa, with with the days of video cameras and ring doorbells, bro, don't lie. But we get so desperate. We want it. But can I tell you, what you're waiting for on God will always be worth the wait. And I don't know who, if you walked in this morning waiting for something from God. I know I'm waiting for some stuff from God. I know our church is waiting for some stuff from God. And we get frustrated with the wait. And we ask ourselves about this whole waiting thing. Why do I need to wait? And actually, today's message is called Worth the Wait. And I want to ask you these questions. If you're with me there, I want to ask you this. What do we do while we wait? How do we wait? And on who do we wait? 
Again, what do we do while we wait? How do we wait? And on who do we wait? We call ahead to restaurants. As a matter of fact, if I'm ordering something to go, I will call ahead. Like I, this Friday, I was, I, I, we were going to get lunch, and, and, and as I'm driving, this guy was with me in the car, and another one of the dads, because I'd taken the day off to go to my daughter's field day, and, and we're in the car, and, and I call a restaurant. He's like, why are you calling? And I was like, because I'm taking it to go, so I just wanted to be ready when I get there. I don't want to wait an extra seven minutes. So what do we do while we wait? How do we wait? And on who do we wait? And it leads me to understand a concept that I want you to understand. We all experience weight. We all experience, we all go through moments of weight. Abraham had to wait. Joseph had to wait. David had to wait. Hannah had to wait. But every single person, when the waiting ended, it was worth it, right? Let's go back to my wife being pregnant or any lady, ladies who've given birth, raise your hand. Dads who were there when your wife gave birth, when the person gave birth, right? Like, have you ever heard of somebody having a long labor and get to a point where they're like, forget it. I'm just, this is way too much. Just stay inside. going to keep the baby inside. That's it. You know? No, 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 no. As you're in the labor pain, you think of the moment the baby's going to be put on your chest. You think of the moment where the doctor or the nurse is going to hand you a baby and you're going to, mom's going to hold them right against her chest. Dad, you're gonna get to cut the umbilical, umbilical, whatever, bro, the, the, the cord. You're gonna cut it. You ever thought in a movie when the kid's having a, somebody has a baby somewhere and they automatically give the baby, it's like, what did they use to cut the cord? Nobody shows it in a movie, right? Somebody in the middle of an island has a baby and there's nothing, like, what did they cut the cord? The baby's perfectly fine there. Tied or not, I don't know. Sorry. The thinking of the baby gets you through the waiting. The thinking of the baby gets you through the waiting. And when you hold the baby, the waiting is forgotten. And you can say it was worth it. I'll do it again. But waiting is hard. I, I, I actually want you to go to Psalm 69. Go to Psalm 69. Thank you, Chris. You can, it's your call. If you want to stay, you can stay. If you want to sit, you can sit. Your call. Psalm 69. Starting in verse number one says this, watch. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overthrow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait 
for my God. Can you agree David was in a rough spot? I mean, think about what he's saying. Hey, man, I, I don't reach. I, I can't touch bottom. And my throat hurts. My, my voice is hoarse. In Spanish, it says, estoy enronquecido. I am hoarse from my crying out to you. He, David had to learn how to wait. And so much is he concerned about it that he says this in verse six. Look at verse number six. Let not those who wait for you, O Lord of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. David's cry was to God, Lord, people who are waiting on you, let them not give up because I haven't gotten what I was waiting for. Let me not get so desperate that I mess up and give up and people then turn away. Because when we're desperate and we don't learn how to wait and go through the process, how many of you know we make dumb choices? Anybody ever made a dumb choice because you're desperate? Any of you said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm almost late. I can make it through the light and then get pulled over? Happened to be a few months ago. Leaving my house, like my house is in front of a traffic light. And I left the driveway and I was late to pick up one of my kids and I can make it. Only to as I cross, see flashing lights and hear the siren. pulled over, dead honest. I took my wallet out. I had my license. I had everything. The guy came to the window. I was like, bro, I took it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to try, right? Like, like there was, like, it was, no, I, I just blatant. I go to give him everything. And he looked at me, says, I had to pull you over because it happened right in front of me, but I'm going to give you a break. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. <laughs> but I was ready to own it, man. Fight it another day. Abraham and Sarah, they got desperate. After waiting in Ishmael, the promised baby not, uh, not coming, Isaac, sorry, she said, why don't you go sleep with my servant and maybe through her? Let's help God. Can I tell you, this is a side note here. Whenever you try to be the one that helps God without asking you God to do it, you always mess it up. Always. So I go back to the questions. What do we wait? Or what do we do while we wait? How do we wait? And on who do we wait? Well, if you're writing notes this morning, I want you to write this. Number one, you need to wait patiently. Wait patiently. We're going to be going through a, several psalms this morning. So flip a few pages back to Psalm chapter 40, and look at what David says. The same guy that wrote Psalm 69, he says this in Psalm chapter 40, verse number one. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit. out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. In Psalm 69, he says, I don't even reach the bottom anymore. And here he writes and says, God brings me out out of that and puts my foot upon a rock. 
He continues to say, he has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Why? Because when people see you get what you were waiting for, and the glory goes to God, it will help them believe for what God is going to do. Waiting patiently. Patiently. It's not easy to wait. It's even harder to wait patiently. I'm going to say that again. It's not easy to wait. It's even harder to do it patiently. But it's a, we got to change the attitude or the mindset. Have you ever had to wait so long for a meal that when you get there, all you've been thinking about is how long you had to wait that you don't even enjoy it? It's like it gets you and it's like, I waited for this? Bro, I could have made this at home. I should have just left and gotten chicken nuggets from Wendy's on the way. Like, forget this. Because our mindset was so focused on the wait time and the having to wait that we didn't even get to enjoy what we received because the mindset was wrong. There was no patience in the waiting. We got to wait patiently upon the Lord. It leads me to the next thing. We not just got to wait patiently. And by the way, Hebrews 6, 15, if you want to read it later, it says that Abraham waited patiently until he received the son of promise. Another example. And James chapter 5, verse number 7, talks about waiting upon the Lord till Jesus returns and gives you that which you're waiting for as well. Waiting patiently. But it's not just about waiting patiently. Additionally to waiting patiently, we need to remember while we wait. Remember while we wait. Remember what? The wait time? No. Remember what God has already done in your life. Look at Psalm 63. Go to Psalm 63. We're in 69, then we went to 40, now we're going to 63. Go to 63. And this is David talking in the middle of a struggle, in the middle of a situation. He's actually in the wilderness during this time, and he writes, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Look at verse 6 and 7. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. So how do we get through the waiting time? We remember what God has already done. Because when you're able to remember what God's already done, it encourages you to continue to wait for what God's going to do now. So I'm going to go back to uh, October 8th, 2010. Your doctor's on a cruise. We can't get a hold of him. Somebody else is coming. Well, it was the person God wanted, and we liked him so much that Patty shifted doctors, and he became her main doctor. And so when we're pregnant with Alexandra, we're going through the same stuff, right? Like, we're with Dr. James now every time. As a matter of fact, I remember about 
six or seven weeks before Alexander was born, he looked at us in his office and said, hey, you're probably going to have to have a C-section. We're going to go ahead and schedule a C-section because she is breached. And she is so large, we make big babies. She's so large that she's not going to be able to switch. There's not enough space for her to switch and get into position. So we're going to schedule a C-section. And I remember I asked him in his office, I said, doctor, what do we got? What's the percentage? What's, what's the, the probability that she gets in place? And he says, I would tell you at this time and the size that she is right now, you probably have about a 5% chance of her getting in position. And I looked and said, God can work with that. And two weeks later on the next sonogram, she was in position. So then I remember, and by the way, there's a verse that says, be careful the things that come out of your mouth. I remember when they gave us the due date, Patty said anything but Cinco de Mayo. And of course, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> At about 5 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning, honey, it's time. And it was a Sunday. So then I had to call the backup person who was going to preach, who had to be ready just in case, because I was going to be there, right? So I was like, I, it was uh, Jose at that time, Jose. And I called him. I was like, you're up, bro. I'm on my way to the hospital. <laughs> So we get to the hospital, and we check in, and now it was Dr. James' birthday weekend, <laughs> and he was off on vacation somewhere. We're like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, I can't make this stuff up. I was like, now, now Fink was on vacation when Abigail was born. Now James is on vacation, but this time I didn't sweat it. We're like, all right, cool. So who's going to come? So, so this doctor walks into the room. And his introduction was, you know, you look at, you know, doctors, right? They look at the paper, you know, whatever. He goes, this is a big baby. I think we should do a C-section. It's like, why? It's like, because it's a big baby. And if it gets complicated, then there could be a thing and there can be another. And, and it's, she's, she, she's going to be over nine pounds. And we looked at him and was like, dude, our, our first daughter was nine pounds. Like, we're good. Oh, I don't know. Can I tell you what? The guy didn't almost make it back into the room before Alexandra came out. Like, 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 like it was so quick. And the guy wanted to do a C-section. But you know what we were the whole time? Remembering what God had already done before. Okay, you got her in position two weeks. You got her in position right before, right? So God, why would you get her in position for me to listen to this schmuck tell me that I need to go get a C-section? No, what God says is more important. And remembering the victory that God has already given me will allow me to stand believing for what God is going to do again. So we've got to wait patiently. We need to remember. That's what David writes there. I remember looking for your power. I remember. I mean, David's a great example about remembering the past, right? Do you remember in 1 Samuel when he goes to fake Goliath and everybody's telling him he's not going to be able to conquer Goliath? He's like, Goliath is a man of war since he was young. You're just a kid. Goliath is nine feet tall. You're a little kid. And David looked and he answered, when I was out in the field tending the flock... And a lion or a bear would come and take a sheep by the mouth. I would chase it. I would get the, the, the sheep and I would kill the lion and I would kill the bear. And the same God that delivered me then will deliver me now. He remembered. 
So that's why in the Psalms, he's able to write later on when he's in the wilderness of Judah, I can remember on my night bed in, in, in the bed when I'm sitting there and thinking about tomorrow. And I'm wait, God, how much longer is this going to take? God, when is this going to happen? I'm, 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 I'm at the wit's end of it. He can remember what God did yesterday, and that will encourage you to continue to believe for what God's going to do today. It's going to be worth the wait. So we remember patiently, or we wait patiently, remember while we wait, and here's the next one I want you to jot down. You need to wait in faith. Wait in faith. See, the word wait, every verse that I've read to you in the original language is the word kava, which means to wait with expectation. Have you ever had to wait on somebody that you don't know if they're going to show up or not? <laughs> You don't know, you, 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 not, not, <laughs> sorry, Lord. I was invited to this meeting recently, and I went with really low expectations. Like, floor-level expectation. Pastor Jose went with me. In the car on the way there, I, was like, I told him, I was like, I'm going with like zero expectation. Because of previous situations. I had no faith in what was going to take place because of previous things. But when you're talking about you're waiting on the Lord, you wait with expectation and faith because he will always show up and show up on time. And that's what David writes in Psalm 27. Look what he says in Psalm 27, verse number 13. Psalm 27, verse 13 says, I would have lost heart. In other words, I would have given up unless... I had believed. What is faith? It is believing in the unseen, believing in what has not happened. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Where? In the land of the living. Waiting in faith, believing that what God promised will come to pass. That your children will serve God that your family will be restored, that he will provide, that he will heal, that he will restore, that he is going to do the things that everybody thought were impossible because we wait in faith with expectancy because faithful is he who promised. It actually leads me to the other question and the next point because one of the three questions was who do we wait on or on, on who do we wait, right? Well, look at what verse 14 says, wait on the Lord, Wait on the Lord, and again, that wait connotes wait in faith on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So on who do we wait? We wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord. Why do we wait on the Lord? Well, look at what David writes in Psalm 52, verse 9. Psalm 52, verse number 9, David says this. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. Now leave it on there right now for a second. English teacher, right? I will wait on your name. Why? Because it is good. When you look it up, it means this because it has a good reputation. We can wait on the Lord because God has a good reputation. That's why we wait on the Lord. 
His reputation is stellar. He's never messed up. Right? Have you dealt with someone who does not have a good reputation? Somebody who, if they tell you they're going to show up, you make an alternate plan because you know the person's probably not showing up? Let me get a plan B and C. I remember uh, before my dad retired and, and closed down his business and retired and things of that nature, he, he had a, a client that was notorious for bouncing checks. I don't know how many checks this guy bounced. And so whenever he gave us a check, the minute we picked, like I, I, I would go, do we would call it la ruta. I would do the route of going around picking up papers and picking up checks sometimes. And if that person gave a check, my first job was to go to his bank. Now forget our bank. I go to that person's bank and check if there was funds and cash it. Like don't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Let's see it. Why? Because of a bad reputation. As a matter of fact, we were just on vacation. And um, we're always looking to add ornaments to our Christmas tree. And so Patty found some ornaments that she liked for our Christmas tree. And uh, she picked them up, and we go to the register, and one of them was this beautiful, like, like snow globe type thing, this, you know, glass. And um, we go pay, and we're like, I'm thinking, how are we going to take this home? Like, we got a 12-hour flight and a layover, like, so the girl at the cash register says, we got shipping. We, we can ship it for you. I was like, that's awesome. What's it cost? And so the factor is going to be like, it was going to be like 10 or $11. I was like, no brainer, right? So start filling out the paper, all the different stuff. And then the manager comes by and the manager says, I don't recommend you ship ornaments. Okay. She says, you know, we, we, we ship ground. And coming from here, we were in Hawaii, it's going to take six to eight weeks to get to you because ground means it's got to go on a ship from here to California, and then it's going to get on trucks and make it all the way to where you're going. Where are you going? I was like, I'm going to Miami. She's like, it's going to be in a truck for a long time. I can't guarantee you it's going to arrive in one piece. So it's her words. I can't guarantee you it's going to arrive in one piece. I said, well, if it arrives broken, what happens? Because, you know, six to, eight, six to eight weeks, I was like, we're far away from Christmas. We're good, right? It comes broken, you send me another one. She's like, well, but remember, like, we're a specialized place, so I can't even guarantee you that we'll have the same ornament reprinted. So we recommend you take it on your carry-on. Okay. Readjust the carry-ons. <laughs> See, she was honest and told me there's not a good report. I can't guarantee it. But can I tell you, with God, we can take it to the bank because his reputation is stellar and solid. Five out of five on every survey that he's going to show up. He's going to show up on time. He's going to fulfill what he promised so we can wait on him. So what do we do while we wait? How do we wait? And we wait patiently. We wait patiently. We wait in faith. We remember while we wait, and we remember who we wait on, which is the Lord. See, because you know what the Lord does while you wait on him? He renews you. I've gotten mad at God before. 
I'm be just, just very honest with you. I've gotten mad at God where things didn't go the way I thought they should. God, I mean, how dare you not go with my plan, right? But every single time I've been able to realize that God's plan was so much better than mine. Then I got to eat humble pie and repent. Latest example was our vacation. See, we, we were supposed to go on this big vacation in May of 2020, but COVID, right? We had planned for this vacation for two years, budgeting, saving, doing all the different things. COVID cancels our vacation. God, why? Like, you know, and then we have to wait two more years. But then I was able to understand that throughout that whole thing, my family was able to enjoy so much more because we waited two more years. As a matter of fact, my youngest, she's two years older. She got to do so much more. She got to experience it. She got to go. And, and, and while on our trip, we saw God just open door after door after door and thing after thing. It was like, God, you knew exactly what you were orchestrating. My desperation blamed you. But you knew exactly what was happening and I don't know what it is that today you walked into this building and you're looking and you're saying, but God, when? Like in Psalm 69, perhaps you're saying, God, my throat is hoarse because of how long I've been crying out to you. God tells you this morning, it's going to be worth the wait. You may be experiencing some labor pains right now when you hold the baby. It's going to be worth the wait. You may be asking yourself, I don't understand. When is it going to be? When you're holding the baby, it's going to be worth the wait. As the worship team comes to the altar, I got to close with Isaiah chapter 40. Probably the most known message or verse on waiting on the Lord, where, where he's comforting the children of Israel throughout the whole entire chapter. And he says in verse number 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? I mean, what an introduction, right? You imagine walking into a ring and now presenting the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who walked in this morning or heard online who have no might, he increases strength. Mm. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. But I tell you this morning that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk.
take it to the bank, it will be worth the wait. Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning, Lord, I surrender my will. We surrender our will. Lord, I repent this morning. I repent because sometimes I want you to conform to my plan as opposed to me conforming to yours. God, so foolish of me. And like me, I know there's others in this building or watching online that we've gotten mad because it's not on our timing. But Lord, we know that in your perfect timing, your Kairos timing, it's going to come to pass. Father, we're going to see the restoration in our family. We're going to see the restoration in our wife and, or in our husband or in our marriage. We're going to see the restoration in our children. We're going to see your salvation. We're going to see your provision. We're going to see you put your hand, Father God. And so boldly today, we declare it's going to be worth it. And Lord, today, we boldly declare that we're going to wait in faith. We're going to wait patiently.